This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I have a very special interview for you today. Our guest, her name is Carrie. She's a dream analyst artist and expert on the Eastern and Western archetypes that inspire our dreams and oracles. Through her website, Cafe of Souls, she bridges the gap between an appreciation for nature and the spiritual journey. Her online I Ching is ranked number one in internet searches. She's the author of seven books that include dreams, ancient astrology, tarot's archetypes, and translations of the Tao Te Ching and I Ching. And her music incorporates shamanic drumming and the world chants to enhance yoga and meditation practice. So today's conversation was so unique. I feel like I went on a journey in this conversation with Carrie. She's so deep with wisdom i told her at the end of the conversation i feel like she has lived so many lifetimes and she just brought in so many aspects of the wisdom that she knows we talked about the i ching we talked about genies we talked about dreams and nature and how we're connected to all of this and the greater consciousness it's a very woo-woo conversation and i freaking love it so i hope that you enjoy it and i'm really excited for you to dive in carrie welcome to the podcast channel living in fierce alignment i'm so excited to have you here with me today Well, thank you for inviting me and I look forward to chatting with you. Yes, this is so fun. So just so the listeners know a little bit of context, Mackenzie, who's connected with Carrie, slid into my emails one day and pitched Carrie to be on my channel because she is specializing in the I Ching and she does a lot of other beautiful work. And so, of course, I wanted her to come on because we know that the I Ching is very closely connected with human design and gene keys. So we're going to dive into that in a little bit. But first, Carrie, I would really love to hear your story. How did you get into the work that you're doing now? I basically am most well known for the work I do in dream with dreams. You know, I've, I've written like seven books, a translation of the I Ching, a translation of the Tao Te Ching, and some other ones that really have to do with sort of like the transformative um, power of, of dreams and archetypes. And when you get into archetypes, that's where you would um, you know, like I, I do work with archetypes and and finding their similarities in the East and the West. And, and I think when you're talking about gene keys and human design, you know, you're basically, it's all the same energy. It's all the same sort of archetype. I launched a few apps that, you know, got new and noteworthy and I've done a lot of, um, you know, I, I feel like right now, the way we are on this planet, what causes us to struggle so much is that we don't really, like if we really observe nature as a teacher, which is what Taoism is really about. I mean, if you look at the philosophy of Taoism, these were a group of people in ancient times that were observing nature to try to understand, you know, what it means to be a human disease, a human being inside of nature. So what can water teach us? What does a tree teach us? What does the mountain teach us? And, you know, as opposed to in the West where, everything was kind of, you know, anthropomorphizing deities that look like people or, you know, um, so the, the appreciation for nature is, is, is what, um, has kind of made me feel that we need to understand 
if we're struggling in life, it's because we don't understand what maybe chaos is about or change. It's like our relationship with change is what causes us to suffer or have difficulty. You know, I mean, I always say like we're organisms, we're organizing chaos into systems and then we get sort of trapped in those systems and in self-defeating ideas, peer pressure, whatever you want to call it, conformity. And I feel like nature designed us with, uh, you know, an evolutionary mechanism through dreaming. And we spend like half of our lives uh, in this condition of sleep where we explore our potential in a way that is not limited by ego. It's not limited by logic. It allows us to transcend our paradigm. So I'm, I'm it sounds like I've kind of run all over the universe in that <laughs> description. But to me, oh. like nature, go go ahead. Do you, were you gonna say oh something? no, I'm I was just gonna say I'm totally into this. Like I'm <laughs> totally into this. You can run around the universe and I'm just <laughs> sitting here having all these realizations. I'll share afterwards. So okay, please okay. continue. Okay. Your train so, of thought. so, you know, I mean to me we are a part of nature and nature is a teacher and Taoism is really a philosophy for learning how to remove the boundaries and learning how to, you know, be in the just isness of what's unfolding so that we can have a better relationship with how we need to change. I mean, there's a, there's a saying, I think, uh, I think it was Wansu or Confucius or one of them, but something about, you know, we can observe malleability constantly in the world around us, but we believe we are not going to change, you know? So, um, you know, and I, and I honestly, like I did some work with, when I was younger, I was actually going into East LA and working with kids at risk of joining gangs and using art because I, you know, again, tying back to dreams, the power of the imagination, the, the, the way that art allows a kid to express what they're feeling without realizing they're expressing what they're feeling and to get beyond peer pressure so that they, you know, find their own inner drummer, you know, so I, so I really spent a lot of my younger years kind of um, exploring creativity, the imagination. And when we're dreaming, we're in that space. We're like not in the logical left brain. We're in more of a visual right brain um, anything's possible. We think it's real when we're dreaming. We think it's reality, you know? So, uh, and so, you know, I kind of have just really through the books and the apps and my website, I just, you know, work to help people, you know, first and foremost, tap their inner guru, tap the, tap the guidance that's coming from dreams, because I see that, you know, dreams understand, the dreamer better than they know themselves. I didn't write that. Someone else did, you know, um, but that, that concept that we're, we're being guided somehow in our dreams and, you know, and so, and for the most part, people don't remember their dreams. And that's where a lot of these other uh, systems, like you're using gene keys and human design or having your astrology chart written, uh, read to you, because like, I, I noticed that I'm also an astrologer. I've been practicing since the seventies. You know, I noticed that um, when, when somebody's really having difficulty making some kind of breakthrough, a lot of times the chart can be a real great vehicle. This is an astrology chart to, it's like, it, to me, it's like revealing the HTML behind life. You know, like it allows you to see the transits, the energy of change that's, you know, being described, let's say in a chart, um, you know, it's again, it's an archetypal world of symbols and, 
and ideas, but for whatever reason, it's been working for 2,500 years or, you know, but some, you can get a lot of information. And, and this goes to the idea that the mind, the psyche, let's say, our higher self, our soul, whatever you want to call it, wants to be empowered. It wants to understand itself. So whether it's through an encounter with another on the path, you know, sitting down and pulling a card out of like a tarot deck or, you know, fairy cards or wherever it is, you're going to find the information. That's so beautiful. I really love everything that you just shared. And I feel like you just took me on a little journey of realizations. <laughs> and we talked about nature and astrology and the I Ching and all of this. And one thing that really struck a chord with me was when you talked about how, you know, in our consciousness in the 3D realm, we are basically, we have this interesting relationship with change. And that's that, that really struck me, you know, when you said how we basically are constantly trying to organize chaos in our life, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's so fascinating because what it made me think of is plant medicine. I'm not sure <laughs> if you're somebody who explores plant medicine, mm -hmm. but when, yeah. okay, like great. I, I, ayahuasca, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and even mushrooms, yeah. mushrooms like psilocybin, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's so interesting because when I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about how, yeah, you know, when we're in the 3D realm, in our consciousness, let's say sober for lack of a better word, like just present, it's like we are constantly organizing things. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. This time, it's that time. It's this date. But I remember specifically when I did my very first mushroom ceremony in Bali in the spring of 2023, and it was like the organization, the chaos was just, it was just there. Like everything. Yeah. Like a painting. Chaotic. Exactly. <laughs> well, and so, thing, yeah, yeah, go on. I mean, it's not so much that, we, that we're thinking about what we have to do, but in the same way, we're seeing the present only in terms of the past. You know, we can't show up in the moment because in that organization, okay, classify it. So it's a ball. It goes there. It's well, maybe it's not a ball. Maybe it's a, you know, some magical this or that. And, and I, and, and it's psilocybin actually the way that it interacts with the, um, with the brain. Cause it's not like we're unconscious when we sleep, we yes. have a different, you know, type of consciousness, but parts of the brain that would, you know, relate to ego would relate to logic, you know, these, these ways that we trap ourselves in the past, the, those abate and the same psilocybin's doing the same thing to the brain. So th the most beautiful part of dreaming is that we are open to wonder anything's possible. And that happens too when somebody's on psilocybin you know, you you kind of go to that threshold where you're just not you're not rushing in to fix anything. You're just there observing, and I call that the just isness. You know, and and chaos can then turn into a painting. It doesn't have to be fixed. It's beautiful. Chaos is what the chaos is. How life transforms itself. You know, two uh, opposite charges will smash together molecules, whatever they go to a higher level. But it, you know, somebody would look at that and say, Oh, that was a crash. That's a bad thing. And, you know, and that's the other beautiful thing about Taoism is if I was to say, what is the most important part besides the, besides the idea to like remove the boundaries that separate you from me, me from nature, the, the my breath from what's flowing through, you know, through the tree or it's also really good at teaching us about how ridiculous it, it is to have an extreme in thinking oh that's really good oh and after a week well maybe it was bad or maybe it's good or maybe it's bad I don't know you know it's like we run back and forth when it's just 
what it is. It's just so, you know, and, and when, the more we can embrace that perfectness, and I'm not using that as a classification, but that just isness, the more we can show up and be with that, the more life that we, we start to feel the sense of peace and we feel the sense of wonder and all the things that are happening when we dream or take psilocybin, we can actually feel that in our daily lives. Yes. Oh, this is so good. It's funny. It's kind of ironic, actually. I'm present to presence in our conversation. <laughs> like just really, you are helping me illuminate the humanness that we are and that we have when it comes to living life and just creating a life and being human and getting stuck in our routines. And I just love so much what you what you referred to, especially in the very beginning, we talked about the connection with nature, like nature's here to teach us, right? Mm -hmm, right? And I would actually love if you can share some examples, like when you're saying that nature's here to teach us, or we're here to learn from nature, what does that mean? Like, how can you explain that to someone who's thinking like, I don't get it, but I want to know more? Yeah, well, first of all, we are composed of the identical things that the earth is composed of in terms of like, you know, carbon and water and, and whatever else. So like, they're, we're no different from everything around us and the same energy like you cannot hold your breath no one can you know like your your body has been designed with so many things that are happening that are beyond your control that it's ridiculous to think that you have any control you know you, the only thing that you can control is the monkey mind running around you know not being in the justiceness and trying to rush ahead or live in the past or you know but really there's just we're we're, we're part of a flow of something that is doesn't need to be separate like nature is that and we're this like we are you know and you know like we can watch nature and over the billions of years it has perfected itself even when it looks like it's making mistakes, like when at first, when the photosynthesizing, you know, types of algae started to break down, you know, the uh, H2O and release the oxygen, it, it killed all the bacteria, which was the only life form at the time. And you could say, oh, that's bad, or that was a mistake. And, you know, and then of course, it, it blossomed into this whole other type of evolution. And so my point is over all these billions of years, it keeps getting better. So we showed up literally two seconds ago on the geological scale and we're standing here. Oh, it's so bad. It's so wrong. We're going to kill it. We're going to ruin it. We're, I don't think so. Like we're, we're so, you know, even the, even like COVID, you know, if you go back, I mean, I know it ended and it was all kind of weird the way it's just not a, a big issue anymore, but, but what we all learned from it was that life might be more than just what we can buy or how we should dress or where we work and go socialize. And, you know, we started thinking more about what's, what's important to us and what am I here to do? And, you know, so, so that sense of like, not, not having the need to classify good and bad, right or wrong, you know, and just being a part of this flow. That's the first thing that nature teaches us is don't separate yourself from the energy that is so amazing and is transforming you know, everything that you see is is in you too, that power to be better, that power to evolve out of your darkness and 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 become something new. And I really believe that within each of us, we are we are a unique representation of something that nature created. And if you look back in your whole lineage, you know, your your DNA, 
you know, you're even among your siblings, you're different. So like, you're not like your mom, you're not like your dad. And each one of you is like a different variation, you know? So, so in this moment, as you stand there, you were created to do something very unique. So looking around to see what everyone else is, is doing, isn't going to help you, you know? And, and so I, you know, so just like trusting that nature designed you to do something very unique and to learn to like, you know, put yourself out there to, to help someone and you discover what you're capable of. Right. It, I don't know if that, that might sound like a trite statement, but the more that we volunteer to help others, the more we discover what we're capable of. And part of discovering what we're capable of reveals our gifts, right? So it's kind of, I don't know, I, I, I feel like we we show up on the human journey thinking we're separate from nature, thinking that something's wrong, that, you know, always the mind is designed to like always try to figure out what could harm us, I guess. We live in a, in a sort of survival perspective, just, you know, but then nature seems to have added this ability to then go to sleep and explore something else in a different mindset. And that, and then what I noticed from doing dream work with people that it's about two, a two week process before whatever it was that we were breaking through in our dreams, you know, starts to have, um, you know, some sort of like, uh, life for us in our daily, daily existence. I mean, you could say that, what can you learn from a tree? Well, a tree is, doesn't go running around chasing after its desires, everything it's going to need. And in, in a very elegant way, it lets go of its leaves and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't worry because the leaves are going to come back and the water comes to it. And, you know, uh, every single thing that you look at in nature could teach you something about, you know, like everyone knows, like the one, of, I don't know, water, like if it starts to, if it meets an obstacle and it starts to rise in volume, until it just spills over the obstacle. It doesn't like flay its arms around and scream and holler. It just like waits out the moment and in its certainty that it's going to overcome the obstacle, that the obstacle, you know, may even shape it into something special, you know, as it spills over the side of it or, you know, the mountain in terms of the power of constancy and to be weathered by the wind. And so, I mean, everywhere you look, there is, there's a part of nature that we might dismiss. You know, what, the one I love is how people think that plants aren't conscious, you know, when they show all the same survival behavior that everything else does. If some, you know, if they have to bend this way and that way, you'd see it in time lapse. You know, you can't see it when you're looking at it, but they're trying to survive too. And <clears throat> so there's all these, I think the more that you open to the idea that we don't, um, that, that well, even though we went to school and were taught a certain way to assume everything, and then that's the end of the subject, we get, we get really limited in, in what we think is the human experience, as opposed to being humans in a, in a natural world. And one of my favorite sayings, and this one's kind of like, I hope this isn't too heavy, but I think it's Wang Tzu. He's one of, when you think of like the Yijing and the Tao Te Ching, I mean, the Tao Te Ching was not written by Lao Tzu. I know because I translated the Yijing and the Tao Te Ching. You see a lot of the same ideas in, in all these texts. And there's Wang Tzu, Lao Tzu, Kung Fu Tzu. There's all these different 
ancient philosophers. But anyway, Wang Xu is one of my favorites. And he says, and this is really like, to me, a the, the essence of Taoism, identify with the infinite and wander in the unfathomable. Now, how would you interpret that? Oh my gosh. Can you say it again? I was listening, but I, I need to hear it again. <laughs> identify with the infinite and wander in the unfathomable. Yeah. The word that comes to me is just unbelievable. And why, what I mean by unbelievable is that as humans, we're constantly seeking to believe something. Mm -hmm. We're constantly seeking certainty in the uncertainties of life. And we do that because we seek control. So now it's this invitation to to imagine something you could never imagine. Therefore, exactly. it, just creates, it just creates this limitless capacity is what I'm, that's what I'm getting from that sentence. And that's, and where that goes is joy and wonder. When, yes. when, when you're identifying with the infinite, that's the same as not having, you know, the boundaries and not having the sense that, you know, the more you open yourself to the infinite, the more infinite you become, you know, like anything else is holding back and then wandering in the fathomable, it, the unfathomable is exactly what you say is like, because we can't know. And I can tell you because I, I've done, you know, I've, I've done studies on comparative religion, history, philosophy, like I've been all through the whole, nobody knows anything, <laughs> even scientifically, you know, there's so many things that we just don't know, there, you know, so it doesn't do any good to try to come up with the truth. We can only have a truth and chances are it's going to change anyway. We're going to discover that, you know, well, we thought that, but now it's this and so it's kind of, yeah, I, I feel like the path to joy is through wonder. And that's yes. really what dreams, that's why I work so much with dreams. They teach me a lot about creativity, you know, transformation, human potential. There's just, a, there's a lot there. Yes, I really am just present to the level of curiosity that you have for mm -hmm. life. And just like this constant state of being curious. And I love that because there's so much creativity in in what you're sharing. And it's very, it's very deeply inspiring. I just feel so nourished in this conversation. And my intuition is like pinging me right now to bring <laughs> up and talk about the I Ching. And the first thing I want to say, I noticed that I pronounce it differently than you. And I would love to talk about that first. Mm -hmm. And then to talk a bit about the hexagrams, because I'm hearing certain themes, like the gene keys are coming up for me right now, like the third, the 15th, like there's some things, the way that you're sharing those energies, you know, talking about chaos, like that's related to the third gene key. The 15th is about the city of fluorescence is very much what you're talking about, the connection to nature, being able to flourish and trust the timing in life, like the love of humanity. I'm, I'm like listening to you. I'm like, oh my God, the, the gene keys are popping off my head right now. <laughs> but this all comes from the same consciousness and the mm -hmm. same system. So I would love for you to give your introduction on the I Ching, or I know you, you say it a little bit differently than I do and talk about mm -hmm. Taoism as well, because this is it's all in the background of our conversation right now, yeah. which is so beautiful. Well, when, when uh, I think when they were translating like pinyin or Ch the Chinese, like sometimes it's a T, so it could be Tao, da, you know, Tao, T-A-O, or a D, Tao. So you'll hear people call Taoism, Taoism or Taoism. <clears throat> and the same with the Yijing. I mean, the Yijing translates, the Qing is a book. Uh, the, the 
that's, you know, so it's a book that translates into change, you know, um, the book of changes is what, what it means. And some people call it Yi. <clears throat> so it's the Yi Jing, like Y-I-J-I-N-G or the I Ching. Let's see. So it's just how the, you know, how the Chinese got translated and the same with the Tao Te Ching because it's the, um, it's the, ta you know, the book Ching about Tao and how it ties to Te. So when you hear, you have you heard of the Tao Te Ching? That book? no, I haven't. No, I oh, haven't. Okay. Yeah. So, so the I Ching is older. It's a book that has sixty-four hexagrams. You know, it has a lot of line interpretations. We can talk about it in a second. I'll, I'll just touch on the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching has some of the same ideas, um, and but the the only reason I'm bringing it up is the the word Te Tao Te Ching. The word Te is that blueprint. It's that that thing. Our Te is the Tao within us. So it's like I see it as sort of the what makes us unique. You know, and how do we cultivate that by understanding Tao? And the whole book Tao Te Ching is doesn't say what Tao is. It sort of dances around in a very poetic way to describe, um, like kind of what you and I talked about in the beginning of this discussion. It 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 awakens that same sort of imaginative release of um, wonder. You know, like like if it starts by saying there you know you can't the, the nameless like that comes from like the hebrew book too where it says i think moses meets the, his creator or whatever and he says i am that i am and there and you can't really describe that name or whatever and and in the beginning of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao is described too as if you name it then you've lost it like you can't describe what it is because in some way Tao is a combination of yin and yang and it's changing form and it's the, what they call the 10,000 things. And that has a lot to do with the 64 hexagrams. But let me just explain one thing in nature that might help you understand this. If you conceive of the idea of electromagnetism, what's happening is there's a charge which creating a magnetic field and the magnetic field is coaxing the charge forward, which is creating another magnetic field, which is coaching. You know, it's like, how do you separate electro electromagnetism, uh, electromagnetism? Can you say it's yang? Yeah. Can you say it's yin? Yeah. You know, but you can't separate them. You can't have one without the other. And it's kind of like, you know, we want to classify day from night when it's the same earth having day and night, you know? So it's that sense of, the malleableness of life. And that's why the I Ching is called the book of changes because they're, in fact, when you get to the 63rd and 64th principle, they're backwards. Like one is before completion uh, comes at the end and after completion comes before it. And I think it was set up that way because you can't, nothing comes to an end. It's in a constant state of transformation. And so the I Ching is basically, there's six lines to each hexagram. And like I say, on one hand, you can read it as a philosophical text, because if you read it from one to 64, there's there does seem to be sort of an evolution. In fact, I have one book that was specifically using it because Tao has always been like a way of teaching leaders. 
it's like an empowerment training but you can see that there's like this growth from the creative to the receptive then to the difficult beginnings that's number three and some of the names that you give the hexagrams they're going to be a little bit different from the gene keys you know that i'm, I'm talking about the the actual yijing itself um and then youthful folly waiting all these different different things but it's also an oracle. You know what an oracle is? Like a like a tarot, tarot decks are oracles and oracles yes. are like, okay. Yeah, so the way that I interpret the tarot deck, and you can correct me on this, is like you have your your cups, your wands, your swords, and knights, that kind of thing. Like you have your suits, for example. And I find the oracle deck is more intuitive. Like there'll be certain themes within the deck, but in my opinion, it's less structured compared to if you do a tarot spread, it's like a particular spread that tells you something. So I don't mm -hmm. know if you want to elaborate or correct any of that, but that's my interpretation. I thought I would share that for the listeners mm -hmm. in case they've been using that synonymously because they are a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you could look at the bottom of a teacup where somebody's reading tea leaves or look at the palm of someone's hand and someone who knows how to read the lines, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter like what the, what oracle is used the di divination let's say to come to some sort of like uh like the way i see it is it it in, inspires thoughtfulness like it's not necessarily an answer but it presents ideas that you wouldn't have thought of you're you know you get advice from an oracle it goes all the way back to greek times where they had the pithies or whatever that were like maybe drinking some weird concoction or whatever People would travel thousands of miles to come and ask the oracle, um, the oracle at Delphi or Apollo or whatever, you know, the, about their destiny. So that's kind of, you know, that's the whole thing. So with the with the with the Jing, even though the sixty four principles are, you know, a, a description of change in its different forms, and it's all inspired by the archetypes of nature, um, or what we observe in nature and how it applies to the human journey. It's also an oracle because when you actually throw, whether euro stocks or coins or whatever you're using, there's there's going to be a possibility of four different lines. So there's the yin, which is a broken line. Have you ever seen a hexagram from the yes. Yijing? Okay, so yeah, six... so I'm I am familiar yeah. with the six lines, and okay. then the broken lines are yin, and the full lines are yang. And the way that I've I've kind of learned a little bit about it is just how with human design, we have the rave mandala, which kind of looks like a nail chart. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. have the entire 64 hexagrams listed around that with like the astrological signs and then the gates, mm -hmm. which are essentially, you know, a form of the 64 principles that you're talking about. Right. So right. yeah, I just wanted to share that because the listeners will be like, oh, and they'll know kind of what we're talking about because they'll know the human design rave mandala. So right. you can totally continue on that. Yeah. Okay. So um, in whenever you, you know, you can get a yin line, a yang line, and it's built, you build the hexagram from the bottom up. So I'm, I'm just like describing how you might arrive at the, at hexagram five from the Yijing, which would be called waiting. You know, it might be called hexagram five and your gene keys might be something else, but th this is the, the traditional one. Um, you, the line can be the yin line, which is open, the closed line, which is yang. It can be an old yin or an old old yang. And when it's old or ch it's considered changing, the line then, if it's if it's broken on one side, then as it's forming the new hexagram, it might be closed, right? So 
like the book of changes, I would say more often than not, when you're throwing coins or euro stocks to get a reading, um, you're going to get a changing answer, which means you get two. And there's a possibility that none of the lines are old and you don't get, you get only the one hexagram and we call it unchanging, which gives a lot of importance to the message of that. So that's kind of, and, and one thing too, I want to just say about the I Ching, which most people don't realize, Leibniz was a scientist, philosopher back in, I believe it was England in the 17th century. <clears throat> and he was familiar with the I Ching. And he was really fascinated at how just a, an open and a close line could come together in, in a myriad of ways to create all of these uh, representations of life. And that open and close line was his inspiration to develop the binary code. And all of our technology today is based on the binary code, open and closed signals and technology, internet, uh, you know, everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. It reminds me of in the, or this in, it, I know that this is part of the hexagrams, but in the gene keys, like the start and stop codon ring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, we, like you said, there's no, this is what you said earlier. There's no ending. Like it's just a mm -hmm. constant flow. And so in order to create change though, there needs to just be like a transfer. Like that's kind of how I how I'm interpreting it. Whereas, you know, the, the, the abrupt start and stop it's, it's, you know, it's like when you were talking about earlier, you're saying about how, yeah, we talk about day and night, but it's the same planet, right? It's just, right. it's like the change mm -hmm. is transition. And right. so that's something that, that I'm really sitting with. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, and I want to ask you this for the hexagrams, like, let's say, for example, you're talking about the fifth and mm -hmm. in the gene keys, it just says the gene key five. So do each of the hexagrams, we talked about the yin and the yang, we talked about the broken versus unbroken lines and like what that means and how they affect each other. So is there three different frequencies for each of the principles in the 64 hexagrams like there is in Gene Keys? So for example, for the fifth, we have the shadow of impatience, we have the gift of patience, and then the city of timelessness. And in human design, it is called the gate of waiting. So when you said that, mm -hmm. I knew right away what it was, but I'm just curious, like, how well, much is is layering over? Well, the the idea of waiting that hexagram five, you know, is is calling for, it's the um it would give a lesson about patience, right? And what 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 waiting is really about. I mean, waiting in as in five in the hexagram five is allowing circumstances to unfold in a way, you know, that, that, that you're timely, like you're not too rushed or pushing, you know, kind of goes to the idea of Wu Wei. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but the whole idea of not, of allowing things to just, you know, happen in their own time without the need to push and, you know, fight your way into the world, you know, and the, the, the Yijing would be like based on the images, uh, that like every every hexagram is built from two trigrams so for example three solid lines would be the tri trigram that would relate a lot to the creative three open lines would be the trigram that relates to the receptive and those are those opposite energies that i was describing 
in electromagnetism, the yang, the power, and the yin, the receptive. And when you put the yang below the yin, so three the three lines solid, and then above it becomes, you know, three lines open, you get the hexagram of peace, uh, 11. So, so every, so that's what creates the hexagrams is the trigrams. And there's only eight. And I look at those as the archetypes, like they're the creative, the receptive, the mountain, the lake, the joyous lake, they call it. So that, um, you know, then, then from the image is where you get like the idea of peace because you've got the creative in its proper place, the receptive opening to heaven. Um, you know, so what, you know, your question was, do you have these different energies? And you do because you, because the hexagram is describing a condition based on the way the trigrams come together, whether they, you know, like if you take a, a hexagram like danger where it's, you know, 29, what do you call 29 in, in the, the gene key? 29 is 20, 29. 29 is the shadow is half-heartedness, committed and devotion. That's how okay. it shows that's how it's written in terms of the shadow gift and city. It's interesting. So I wanted to confirm like what you're talking about with the lines and just having the solid lines and the, the broken lines, the yin and yang and the trigrams and how that creates like kind of the story of like what that hexagram is about. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, when you're talking about, I've, I've heard this, but I haven't dove deep into it, but it's hilarious because this is what ties the nature into it, where those lines also represent like mountains or heaven and earth. And so that also creates a story within the hexagram itself, right? Because you started to mm -hmm. use the nature terminology and I was like, okay, I can see how this is all coming together when we look at the I Ching. Right, exactly. And, you know, if if there's something that would be kind of watery above and fiery below, you know, you might, you'd get more of like a condition of, um, you know, boiling, bubbling, uh, evaporation, as opposed to putting water above fire below, you get drenched, you know, like, yeah, so there's a lot of that going on too. And uh, in fact, like, if you think of, if you think of the uh, hexagram three, um, which is pushing upward. I don't What do you call it in gene keys or difficult beginnings, but it's yes. an image. Okay. So, yes. so in the, so if you were to like read the Chinese version of, of the Jing, it's called difficult beginnings and it, um, it has danger above, you know, with a different uh, trigram below, but the image is, is a plant trying to push through the soil so all new things are going to meet with difficulty. That would be the statement or the idea or image or the judgment. That's what they would call it, the judgment. Um, but it, but, but yeah, so the, these, these um, hexagrams are really pictographs in a sense, because each, each trigram is, is coming from one of the eight archetypes and how they interact with each other. And then, you know, to, this probably doesn't, you probably don't get much into the line changes. Um, like in, when you're using the I Ching as an oracle, when the line changes, you actually, there's a, there's an interpretation for the line change too. So you might have, you know, an answer that would be the creative. And if line one is changing, it would be a message maybe about uh, 
going too fast and falling on your face or, you know, th those sorts of things. Um, but I think with the gene keys, you just, they just focus on the hexagram. We actually do have line expressions. So there's the six line expressions. So the first one you said creator, the second line ties into like a natural hermit energy, but also self-expression and passion. The third is like very experimentative, innovative. The fourth is about connection, friendship, kindness. The fifth has to do with like mentorship, power, voice, leadership. And then the sixth line is like role model, teacher, and visionary. So when the way that the rave mandala works and when, you know, you run your, your birth date and time and location, and it shows the activations in that moment, there's also the line expression that gets triggered as well. So in the gene keys, you have like, let's say you had the G, the third gene key, you're talking about this a lot today. It's like 3.1. So it's like in the gene keys, you have the shadow gift in city. So it's chaos. Then we go into innovation and innocence. And the one line would show that from the lens of being the creator. So like, how mm. are you going to create from the chaos, embody and embrace the chaos and be innovative and that playfulness? Like I always talk about this gene key, for example, of, of children playing in a room and it's chaotic and there's stuff everywhere, but they're so innocent. They're mm -hmm. just living it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a quick view on, we do have the line and, expressions in the gene keys. I'm curious yeah. how they are in the I Ching, yeah. the way that you're going to well, share they, them. Well, I can't say all the time, but for the most part, um, as you travel up the lines, you like a lot of times you see the fifth line would be the highest expression of the energy of that hexagram, you know, where the, the first and second line can be kind of like, okay, give it a shot or, you know, it sort of works its way up. And a lot of times when it's the sixth line, it the last line, it, it, it exhausts the energy um, you know, a lot of times that's like too much of it, like, uh, and I know, and like, if you were to get a hexagram changing with line one and six, I mean, the traditional message is that, you know, you've really exhausted this. I mean, <laughs> um, so, but it's not, it's not always, but for the most part, like the fifth line is that would be more of like the sage of it all, the, you know, which I think you were describing as the sixth, but you know, so yeah. it's just, it's just different. Totally. And I think with the six line too, though, you're talking about the exhaustion, like the way that the six line is talked about in human design is, is described as three different phases where the third phase from age zero to 30 is like a lot of trial and error, a lot of tribulations that operates similarly to the experimenter of the third line. Then when you're on the roof, so when you hit your Saturn return in your thirties, then that's a more reflective stage where you're there's there can be this very like pullback energy reflecting on life and then when you go off the roof in your 50s then that's when you like master the energy so I do I can see the themes of hitting that fifth line that fifth line is so much about power and leadership you know that makes sense there's a potency there and then the sixth line is more reflective and I can I can relate to the the exhaustion that you're talking mm -hmm. about. Cause I'm actually in human design, I'm a six, two profile. Mm -hmm. So that six line, I'm very familiar with that energy. Oh, okay, so okay. What, you, what you said definitely yeah. resonated. And, and also I wanted to just touch on that picture that you drew of the, you know, little kids playing with all this stuff, you know, kind of chaotic or whatever, you know, that traces back to the, to the beginning of our discussion. I mean, that's the beautiful, that's a beautiful picture of, of the best way to be <laughs> like that that is why creativity or opening to it is so important and it's like it's not it's so not a part of our education system 
It's you know what I mean? Like yes, the messier the better. And that yes, that's really like what nature's teaching us too. Like we watch a hurricane. Oh my God, it's a horrible thing. No, it's not. It's bringing all the temperatures back to an optimal level in the oceans, and you know it's taking moisture from this part of the world and taking it all the way to that other part of the world and you know the messiness of nature is uh the messier the better and i think like in 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 creativity same thing the more the any you know which you were saying before you saw my kind of the creativity or you saw the wonder in me and i'm a musician i'm a i write books i'm a poet I, you know, like I'm so creative, but I'm creative because I'm so open to wonder, you know, and I think that 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 artfulness should be 50 percent of what we're learning in school, you know, which I think people I don't know. People think that art is amusement. It's not. It's the key to our uh, the, 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 the freedom to be creative is the key to our empowerment. Yes, I inner drummer. I can totally relate to that because I found ironically, you know, high school finished that in 2008 and then go to university, finish that in 2015. And then I kind of, you know, mused around for a couple of years. And that's when I started my business was in 2019. And that because it was so messy, it was so Mm -hmm. chaotic. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was so creative and I've been Mm -hmm. so creative in the last five years. And these skills, some of them have come from the school education, but a lot of them had been from me experimenting, trying things out, learning new things that were not from the traditional school system. And I have felt more free and self-expressed and in the joy of the work that I'm doing in the last five years than I ever have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And and in some ways, I think today with everything that's going on, and I and I'm I mean, I, it's a horrible thing that's happening with wars and the thing, you know, the things that are going on, but, but there is this sense that we're like on a roller coaster of, you know, Oh, it's scary. But at the same time, it's exhilarating. Like change is going to come. That's how change comes. And like things that aren't sustainable, this is what nature shows us too. You just can't, an ocean temperature rising in the Caribbean is going to kill all the coral. You know, it's, it's got to, the temperature has to come down and it requires a hurricane for that. Or, you know, in the landscape where the mature trees are making it impossible for the little juveniles to grow, there's going to be a wildfire, you know, like the, the old tree that is, it needs to go, you know what I mean? Like nature knows what it's doing and it can be messy and it, and it can seem bad and, and something to be afraid of, but at the same time, it's actually renewing itself. And, you know, here we stand on the precipice of, of, of a real chaotic time, <laughs> you know, and that, but somewhere in all that is, is something new trying to raise its head. And the more that, that both sides, let's say, and this is more from a political perspective, everybody's pointing the finger at each other you've got the wrong idea, you're stupid, or you're this, or you're that, the more that we stop and consider that everybody's right, <laughs> somehow in all that is the newness that's trying to be born. I don't know, that's that's just, you know, like you said, I, I like Taoism for that, because it's learning how to be in the just isness and trusting that whatever's unfolding has some kind of purpose. Yes, it's so beautiful to hear 
your ability to like you really describe in your examples like what they call the butterfly effect like you just think it's a tiny little butterfly, but that the beat of its wings will cause an impact or like a hurricane across the world because everything is interconnected. And I just, I love the examples that, you know, how much you went back to nature and really connected with that. And I actually have a question because this is something that's come up in the Gene Keys world that I haven't fully dove into, but you were talking about dreaming earlier and what this tells you. And then we're talking about the hexagrams and the 64 principles. And there's this thing with human or with Gene Keys called, uh, the dream arc and it's looking at the 64 hexagrams and how they connect to specific animals and when you see these animals in your dreams like they're telling you messages and so I'm hearing this in different flavors in what you're sharing and I'm curious if that's also part of the work that you do because I feel like Richard Rudd probably pulled in the I Ching again into this to, to create this this dream arc with the gene keys but again it's all interconnected but I, I could hear that and hear it in your sharing and I wanted to confirm if I'm onto something or not <laughs> well you probably are right? you know unfortunately i'm not as up to i don't know about gene keys and human design you know like you do i you know i don't really practice it or don't know much about it um but anybody that would be inspired by the archetypes because i you know i feel like because i have been working with dreams for so many decades and you know i have a website like millions and millions of page views of dream people doing dream searches I can see that sometimes there's a there's a run on certain ideas or I guess what I'm saying is you know the the guy who was inspired to write I think it's two different guys for gene keys and human design right two different yeah guy, yeah so Rich, but, Richard Rudd did the gene keys and then uh Ra Uru who as he self-proclaimed wrote the human design right. yeah system. right so and and one of the things that, you know, when I was mentioning that I studied comparative religion, mythology, philosophy, all those things, and what my website's really about now is, you know, it's like a place to explore archetypes. So whether it's the archetypes that symbols that are appearing in dreams that are repetitive, regardless of where we are around the world, we're having very similar dreams. I mean, you know, for example, if a if a transportation symbol is describing one's motivation in a dream, maybe in India, they dream more of a train or, you know, some, but, but it's not so much that they use trains more than we're driving ourselves around in cars. Let's say in the United States, you sound like you're in Canada. Am I right? I yes, hearing, I am. I gave you in the boot, a boot, a boot. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so it's not so much that they're driving, riding around in trains. It's that, there's some cultures that the tracks have been laid down for children, like, uh, and they don't feel they can change it. And that's what the train in a dream, you know, if we're driving in a car, you'd want to think, are you driving faster? Are you in control of the car? Is someone else driving you? What's going on? And where are you going? And how do you feel about that? That's what the, you know, the transportation symbols sort of exploring. You're on a boat, it has more to do with emotions. But when you're on a train, there's a sense that I can't easily change these tracks. Maybe you're in college, you've already paid for your education, you got four years to go. You know, a bus is like conformity. So no matter where we are in the world, we're we're dreaming of like, you know, a real similar tapestry of change in uh in these symbols. Um, but but it's more like the cultural, the cultural things. If 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 a, if your parents in some cultures what your parents want you to do, you have no choice, you know, which it, seem, it would seem amazing to, let's say, somebody in the United States 
parents can't have that power over you know what i mean we have a little bit more freedom um but anyway uh so you were talking about dreams relating to like the gene keys and the Yijing, um, and and these guys and, and their inspiration. I just feel that uh, the energy of inspiration and the direction and where it's going. Remember when I was saying how dream, how when you're dreaming, it's like some part of the mind knows us better than we know ourselves. And yes. that's what it's like in a, it's you can call it intuition or inspiration and the same sorts of things I have noticed because I, like I've, I wrote a book about Babylonian astrology, which goes way back 10,000 years before, way before the Greeks, you know, and all their, their interpretations or whatever. Um, what you start to see is that there was probably a time where, where all this stuff came in dreams. I don't know if you're following me, but. Yes. There's there's no way they didn't even have like the written languages. If they did, we'd probably find some of it, which we haven't. We find petroglyphs on caves that date back, like uh, Ratnagiri is ten thousand years old. As as is the place. Um, let me think. Ratnagiri is in India, and there's Gobekli Tepe in in Turkey, um, ancient uh, Anatolia. I don't know what it was a long time ago, but. That the symbols of the scorpion and all a lot of the astrological glyphs and and go back in Ratnagiri, there's actually the Pisces fish with the little line that that connects the two. So you get I get the sense when I'm looking back at all of these um, things that I've examined is that we were we probably got all the information about astrology from dreams, and the same with you know maybe the people that you know wrote the Jing or whatever um it was probably inspired you know there's a book there's a guy um julian james he wrote a book called the origin of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind you know it's like a mouthful but his premise was that the the consciousness of a three-year-old would be comparable to when humanity was, let's say, three years old in its evolution. So maybe we would go back to the Greek, Greek, or you know, the old before we had written language, and and what I'm and and that we were there was a part of the right brain, let's say, that was in, that was inspired to think that we were ch channeling the gods, which is why maybe a lot of the stuff that was written at the time. Um, the mythologies of Greece or whatever, they really were talking, conversing with the gods. So he also has the idea that consciousness developed with language. As we imagine a three-year-old growing into a four or five, 10 to 10 years old or whatever, you're learning a lot of words. You're in your mind, you're making concepts out of those words. And pretty soon the word replaces the actual experience. And you get into sort of a left brain consciousness, Right. Yes, I, yeah, what I'm really hearing is with dreaming, again, it's funny, this all ties back to what I was talking about earlier with the plant medicine, you know, getting into psilocybin, mm -hmm. and it's just like, lifting the veil. And it's when we go to sleep every night, like we're lifting the veil, and we're connecting to the greater consciousness. And and so I think when we're here, I mean, this is so out there right now, it's coming out of my mouth, but I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> When, I've been, yeah, I've been when, out there my whole life. Yeah. 
I mean, three times I talk about this stuff on my channel anyway, so it's like not weird for me. But no, I really think that us being here in the 3D realm, like when we go to sleep or when we take plant medicine and we lift that veil while being awake, like we are connecting to a greater consciousness. And I was laughing so hard because I, I saw this meme on Instagram the other day. And it was like, it was just, it was a person, I can't remember what the picture was, but it was like, what happens when you've done plant medicine and you're trying to explain every to everyone that we're all one consciousness. And I was laughing because I just, I remember that experience when mm -hmm. I did this, this psilocybin ceremony, I was, I just came out of it and I was like, holy shit, like we, we are so connected in ways that we don't realize. And I think there's so many different ways to connect to that consciousness that is so much greater than us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that I think that us as humans experiencing the constant change that we do in this 3D realm is to continually humble us and to stay connected to that that consciousness because there's no end to that consciousness. So mm -hmm. we have to keep going through these changes and these experiences and these challenges and the light and the dark and the yin and the yang because that's what keeps the consciousness alive. Otherwise, we would just be stagnant. Right, so, and, and you start yeah. to see that when when we face the most crisis in our life is when we've become the most hard-headed. Like life has to get like a two by four and start smashing us in. You know, it's like, slow down, rethink this. This isn't working. You know, it's like, uh, how else is, how else are we broken out of the things that, the, the ideas that are self-limiting? You know, we have, uh, it's constantly, um, whether we're awake or dreaming, we're learning something. Yeah. We're just, we're just more open to it, I guess, when we're dreaming. Totally. And, and by day, we would call it, you know, conflict. And that's another thing I love about dreams is, you know, when somebody writes me because they're having a nightmare, I always give them a priority because I know they're, they're afraid. But I get like, yay for you. You're having a nightmare. That is such a cool sign because it truly is the idea that there's a quaking, an earthquake going on in their psyche and some inhibited power or repressed idea, something is trying to come out and bring this person back into a sense of authenticity. So nightmares are a really good sign that something, you know, they're, they're positive. Does that make sense? Like, yes. I don't know. Like, and so I, in dreams, nothing's ever wrong. You know, there's, it's always, it's kind of a safe place for us to go ahead and give it a try, you know, like, no matter, oh, you yeah. know, to, to allow it to be, you know, crazy and uh, frightening and whatever. But, but it, the, life is not, life has been committed to our success since the, we took our first breath. It is keeping us alive. It's running our body. It's healing our skin, making us breathe. It, it wants us to be the best we can be and the sooner that we you know appreciate that the more we can like kind of get back into flow and and appreciate the just isness of what's unfolding and um there's a lot of anger i think in the world and i and i guess i would call it frustration and i think people feel people are feeling the weight of limitations would you yes. say that are you saying yes. that Yes. You know, as and... soon as you said that the weight of limitations, I was like, absolutely. Yes. Like mm -hmm. I totally, and I just love how this conversation today, 
when the listeners listen, I mean, you're listening right now, listeners, but you're, you're you <laughs> know, the listeners, are the listeners listening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, you know, getting so connected to being present, that is what you have brought to light for me in this conversation today. And, you know, it's interesting, just so the listeners know, we decided to do this interview with no video. So I'm really sitting here and because I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm listening to you and we can't see each other. I'm having so many visualizations and I just love that. Like yeah. it's so it's so beautiful to be able to see what you're saying come to life and the flow and everything and it's yeah it's been it's been such a an enlightening conversation and just releasing the heaviness of the limitations and the make wrong and coming back mm-hmm. to the humanness and the art of allowing which I know is like a really big thing with Taoism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm glad you feel that way cuz I feel I feel the same. I'm very audio driven and and I, you know, but one thing I, I wanted to just say too, just wrapping it up with um, limitation is one of the hexagrams in the I Ching, and I think in in my translation I I said limitations are the breeding grounds for nature's strength, which is which is the point, you know, <laughs> like in order for evolution to 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 even have expression in us, we have got to meet the limitation you know, what's wrong, it will be made right. Does that make sense? I don't know if that sounds too weird, but uh, yeah. limitations are the breeding ground for these um, evolutionary, you know, mechanisms. So limit. So, I, so the point is limitations aren't bad. Conflict's not bad. Uh, the unpredictable is, is best. Like it's best not to know and uh, not assume anything and just be like, you know, and I know, I know this probably sounds trite, but all religions, I think the best that they can give and why they thrive and are so popular on this planet is because they teach faith, whether it's faith in God, faith in the self via Buddhism, faith in Tao and in the way nature unfolds, whatever it is, learning faith is the, is where peace and joy are. Like the, there's the saying, like, don't be the host, be the guest. And the more that you become the guest and let go and we realize you don't, you can't control anything, the more you can cultivate faith and joy and appreciation of the just isness, almost to see it as what you might call perfect, the way things unfold mysteriously. No, I love it. I love it. I really do hear that's another theme that I didn't realize until you said it was faith. Like this whole conversation, mm-hmm. everything, it really is about having faith that we can't control things. We don't know everything and we're making everything mean something and it means nothing. And there is no start or end. It's just a flow. It's just a transition yeah. and it's a constant change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everything that you encounter can teach you, you know, like as we were talking before about the tree, like yes. all the ways that we can like stop and learn from a rock or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just- the more wonder Literally. that we have, the better. <laughs> I feel like I need to go on a nature walk oh, and good. just and just go and just think of everything that you taught me in the last hour and just be so present. So <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on and sharing so graciously. Like I really feel the way that you you bounced and you talked about the Greek and you talked about the past and just everything. Like you you are somebody who has lived so many lifetimes like I know this and I feel like you just gave such a big piece of pie with everything that you know and I'm like really grateful so I really want to give you the opportunity to share with our listeners where they can connect with you and I'm going to put all of that in the show notes for them as well 
Okay. Well, basically my website, Cafe A Soul, is, uh, you know, it's I created kind of a space for people to, you know, do, you can do an Oracle reading, you can search dreams, type your dream in, it will tell you, you know, what it means. So it's kind of like a self-help. I, I envision it as like leaving the light out on in the universe for anybody who's having difficulty. Um, but you can always reach out to me through the website because I do coaching or, and all my links to social, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, are on the website as well. And I have, you know, books at Amazon. I'll include those too in the show notes. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed, I, I find it so fascinating how, you know, I'm so deeply passionate about human design and the gene keys. Mm-hmm. It shares the I Ching system, you know, so much about the I Ching system and so much about Taoism. And, you know, we were comparing and contrasting and there's still differences and similarities. And it was, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was very, it was unbiased. Like we have this, this thing in connection, but then there's still so much to learn beyond that. So I found that really inspiring. <laughs> so I'm really grateful that you came on. So thank you for well, being thank such a great guest. Th- thank you so much for having me. And it was really fun talking with you. Amazing. Okay, so good. So listeners, go to the show notes, check out the website, connect with Carrie. I hope that your mind is blown. I hope that you go for a nature walk and just <laughs> get present because that was the biggest thing I got from this conversation. So please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. And if you can leave a review, share this episode, tag me. If you want to, you know, tag us on social media as well and share what you got out of it, I would love to hear it. So thank you so much for listening and I'll chat with you in the next episode.